Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. They've trusted me to do another episode, so I'll be talking about valvular heart disease today. Valves in the heart play an important role in the functioning of the cardiac cycle, mainly, as we all know, by blocking uh, retrograde blood flow. Subtle dysfunction may exist in any, in any person's valves without actually showing any manifestation, and these may become apparent in conditions where the cardiac output is raised, as we will discuss uh, in this topic. If the valves fail to rise to the cha- challenge, they may precipitate heart failure and, and complications as such. This is a pretty big topic, so I'll be dividing it into two. In this first episode, we'll first uh, talk about what could possibly go wrong in cardiac valves, and in the subsequent episodes, we'll talk a bit more specifically about what valves are affected and how. So to start off with, like any tissue in the body, uh, valves also undergo degeneration, and degeneration is uh, secondary to trauma from contractions, blood pressure, blood flow through the valves, uh, mechanical beating against each other as they close, and because of this degeneration, a chronic uh, inflammatory state is induced, very similar to the endothelial, uh, endothelial damage that that's initiated in atherosclerosis formation, and the resulting pathophysiology is extremely similar to that in that lipids are uh, accumulated inside of the damaged tissue. The inflammatory reaction causes various cells to migrate, macrophages forming giant cells, and uh, interestingly enough, fibroblasts uh, that migrate there and undergo metaplasia into uh, osteoblast-like cells, which result in calcium deposition responsible for the calcification of these arteries. The risk factors for calcification of arteries is almost exactly the same as atherosclerosis, and uh, a lot of the gene mutations, such as um, uh, in lipid metabolism, are carried on to uh, valvular calcification too. Calcification mounts onto the valve, and eventually it could progress to uh, immobilize and, uh, as such, obstruct the outflow of blood from ventricles to atria, or from the aorta and pulmonary artery into the left and right ventricle, respectively. In certain conditions, such as bicuspid valves, this degeneration is quickened, uh, as we'll talk about in a later episode. Eventually, because of uh, outflow obstruction, the pressure gradient between the two, between the atria and ventricle, uh, begin to increase. The left ventricular pressure required to uh, overcome this obstruction increases. There's hypertrophy, and hypertrophy, hypertrophy of cardiac myocytes means that they require more oxygen and more energy demands and um, uh, coronary calcification that occurs um, with aging alongside this degeneration uh, means that uh, ischemic changes are very common. Together, this produces the increased demand and reduced supply, predisposes to angina, and angina predisposes to myocardiocyte death and eventually systolic and diastolic dysfunction, uh, eventually leading up to cardiac decompensation and um, congestive heart failure. This calcification can also spread into the myocardium um, creating conduction and structural abnormalities that uh, later can predispose to arrhythmias. Calcified valves uh, can also become sites for emboli. So now we've talked about degeneration. Um, rheumatic heart disease is another condition that can predispose to valvular damage. And in this case, uh, it's an immunologically uh, mediated inflammatory disease, uh, which occurs a few weeks after a group A streptococcus uh, pharyngitis uh, infection. Rheumatic fever manifests as migratory polyarthritis, pancarditis, subcutaneous nodules, erythema, marginatum of the skin, and pseudonyms chorea. The whole idea is that um, group A streptococci contain antigens that have uh, what are called M proteins 
that mimic host tissue and this is done uh, in a process called molecular mimicry which is a trick employed by the streptococci to avoid immunological detection and hence clearing. As a result when antibodies are created against these M proteins um, a few weeks after the infection they tend to attack cardiac tissue um, which display antigens very similar to these M proteins and then there's complement activation, macrophage involvement and subsequent tissue necrosis and, and cumulative damage. As a result, the leaflets end up thickening because of this inflammatory reaction. The leaflets start to fuse within the commissures and, and the tenderness cords because of surrounding inflammation also begin to uh, thicken. And together this forms what are called fish mouth valves uh, with narrowing and hence outflow obstruction. With stenosis, uh, atrial dilation occurs and complications such as thrombus formation in dilated atria um, and pressure increases because of the uh, in, uh, increased pressure demand may predispose to pulmonary hypertension and um, uh, right heart disease, as we will discuss in the next episode. The next condition I wanted to talk about was infect infective endocarditis. Any infectious disease um, of heart valves can form vegetations um, that could predispose to thrombosis and debris and organisms spreading from, from the heart valves. Uh, at the same time, it also destroys the underlying tissue. Funny enough, valvular scarring previously predisposes uh, a person into getting an infective endocarditis again and uh, these scarring may, may have been induced by rheumatic heart disease, prolapse, degeneration over the years or artificial valves. In terms of the cause, the source may be bacteremic or uh, fungemic seeding from elsewhere in, in the body and that reflects a lot of the what organism causes the uh, infective endocarditis. For example, the most common cause of the condition is uh, Streptococcus viridians, um, which is a commensal in the oral cavity, uh, and hence the spread into the into the system um, is related by poor dentition and sites of entry of bacteria into the system via the uh, vasculature um, that surrounds dentition. Uh, as such, other causative organisms that are commensals of the oral cavity are Haemophilus, Actinobacilli, uh, Cardiobacterium, Acarella, and Kingella. Hopefully, um, we'll talk about these more in future episodes. Um, in IV drug users who are more likely to get this condition because of uh, seeding from the skin, Staph Staphylococcus aureus is the most common cause. In prosthetic valves, um, Staphylo Staphylococcus Streptococcus epidermis is most commonly isolated. The destructive lesions contain inflammatory cells, bacteria, and hence these lesions can be a site of formation of thrombi. Uh, which are called septic thrombi. Abscesses may also form, leading to septic infarcts, weakening of the surrounding tissue. The misnomer mycotic aneurysm, because mycotic um, suggests that there's a fungal infection involved, but in reality, uh, bacterial infection is more common. In the same line, non-infective vegetation on valves uh, may also occur, and they, they're a result of um, thrombi that are deposited from elsewhere or formed de novo onto the valves, and they sort of correlate with thrombi that are formed uh, systemically, um, such as pulmonary emboli, deep vein thrombosis, hypercoagulability conditions, um, or in cancers. Lipman Sachs endocarditis is thought to be a result of hypercoagulable states that's induced by uh, sufferers from the condition systemic lupus erythematosus. And that's the other example of non-infective vegetations. The next factor that I'm going to talk about is prolapse, which um, can be idiopathic but um, can also be precipitated by connective tissue um, deformities like Marfan's um, syndrome, uh, which result in connective tissue disorders predisposing 
connective tissue from failing to function as it's supposed to and helps leading to structural defects such as prolapse. I will talk about this a little more in the subsequent episode and a little bit more at the end of this um, talk. Finally, prosthetic valves, just for the sake of completion, are used uh, as a replacement for damaged cardiac valves. And they're of two types mainly. Um, xenografts from bovine tissue um, or allografts from human tissue. And that's transplanted from um, biological specimen. On the other side of the coin, they're mechanical um, valves. And the risks of prosthetic valves uh, revolve around thromboembolism, which is more uh, common in mechanical valves. Um, another complication is structural damage. The mechanical or transplanted tissue is not necessarily created specifically for the recipient heart and may not function in the most optimal conditions. Uh, and finally, the valves can be infected, can be a site of infective endocarditis. So just to summarize, uh, in this episode, we've talked about conditions that could affect cardiac valves. And I'll run through them again. Degeneration, rheumatic heart disease, infective endocarditis, non-infective vegetations due to non-septic thrombi or Libman sacs, endocarditis in patients with SLE, valvular prolapse, and prosthetic valves. So to finish this episode, I'll talk very briefly about valvular diseases, and in the next episode we'll go in a bit more detail about each of them more specifically. So valvular heart diseases are divided into stenotic disease and regurgitation. Uh, regurgitation is further subdivided into functional and anatomical regurgitation. Anatomical regurgitation is a result of primary failure within the valves that are not functioning as they're supposed to and uh, causing retrograde blood flow. And functional valvular disease is related to the surrounding structural defects such as dilation of the vessels around or failure of tenderness cords that hold these valves or atrial dilation, etc. And that'll wrap up this episode. In the next few episodes, I'll try and go into each of these uh, valvular diseases in a little bit more detail. I'm Gautam Banan and you've been listening to Common Rounds. Hope to see you next time. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our co-editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time.